This is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother. No spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Kate. It's happy end of season five. I can't believe that we're here. I cannot believe it. It's it's taken a long time. It's taken it's taken quite a bit of time. Yes, that is oh, that is true. But when did we start in 2017? Yes, it was like about four and a half years ago, and oh I was like reflecting on that as I was driving into work today because I was like thinking about the show and like notes and everything. And I was remembering how like one it was like a random fall day, and you're like, I'm watching this Buffy the Vampire or listening to this Buffy the Vampire podcast. We should do one about how I met your mother. It's just like, all right. Yeah. And here we are. Do you feel like a doppelganger of yourself? Oh, four yes. and a half years ago? Yeah. Yes, no I'm thinking, I'm like, they're talking about five years ago. Yeah. It's almost like we've been doing this in real time. It, it sort of feel. I feel like I'm growing with the show in a way I didn't before. That's so true because we're literally aging. When we used to just watch the show like in a weekend or a month, you know? Season six, we, Chris and I binged in a weekend when we went really? away for the weekend. Yeah, we went to the our fancy place in Vermont and sat in the hotel room and watched How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> I know. I need to do Dream. a season six binge because we have very exciting things coming in season six, but I don't want to jinx it. However, if you were at our live watch of Doppelgangers, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and some of you didn't get to get into the actual live watch. So sorry. Cast apparently make you you could the blah, blah, blah you can only get into a live party if you are requested and added and so people requested but i didn't realize they couldn't get in i thought if they friended us they would just be able to get into our our thing yeah. so i fixed it on the back end where it's going to let in anybody who requests if someone zoom bombs us or whatever that's fine we'll deal with it so right? be it we'll doubt i doubt that'll happen so um Don't, to make up hey don't I know. Tell right? Are we cool enough to get Zoom bombed? I guess Maybe. we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Um, so the good news is because, you know, so many people really wanted to get in and couldn't, we are going to do another one early in season six, and we're going to do it for Subway Wars because what an episode that is. It's – I love – doing these live watches with like for these like more fun episodes where it's just I like know. the engagement with the fans is just the best. I know. So uh, yeah, they're super fun and it's nice that they're open to everybody. So we're definitely going to keep doing these yeah. in season six um, for a couple super fun ones and probably the finale again, because that was really nice uh, yeah. to watch with everyone and, and chat with them a little bit more about it. So thank you everybody who came to that. Um, speaking of our friends, we have three new Patreon pals. So shout out to Ronnie, Shauna, and Darcy. Thank you so much Thank for, you. for joining our sweet little club. Um, and the first perk that you're going to get besides these video episodes is the season five recap mini-sode that we're going to be doing next time. So that's just for Patreon pals. We do a little mini wrap up. It's like half the length of these episodes where we just talk about the whole season in general. We talk about the themes and we talk about um, a bunch of superlatives like best episode, worst episode, um, best guest character, best cameo, things like that. So 
it's a great perk if you're a Patreon pal. So I'm so glad that y'all are going to get that. Um, as far as video episodes, we talked about this last time, but I did want to mm-hmm. say it again. Uh, going forward with season six, everybody's going to get to watch our video episodes, but our Patreon pals will still get them in advance. We just really have taken to this, right, Caitlin? Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And we want to share the video content with everybody, even if you can't afford to be um, a member of our VIP exclusive club. So we are an all-inclusive Exactly. Exactly. Here, but HP. Yeah, we try our best to be that way. Um, let's see. Oh, and we will be having a Patreon only uh, live stream on Instagram at the end of April. Still figuring out when my sister's going to go into labor. So my sister in law is. Uh, they're going to keep her. She went in. She's okay. Really? Haven't really progressed. They're they started her induction at six thirty. <clears throat> Today, keeping mm-hmm, keeping an eye oh on her. Oh my gosh! have a little niece sometime in the next twenty four hours. By the time y'all hear this, Caitlin oh will be God. an auntie again. Time is weird. Time is very strange, and I I'll have four nieces. Oh my and gosh! Yes, blessing me, blessing okay. you. Just the, I mean, yes, the Lord, the universe, Mother Not that Nature. I don't love my nephew because he is just so sweet and lovey, but like. Give me them girls. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I get that. I know. My sister still doesn't know what she's having. And of course, Liz and I are pulling for another girl. And then yes. the, other, the rest of the family is pulling for a boy because it is nice to get like one of each. And part of me just wants to be like, guys, it doesn't really matter because sex is not – doesn't decide anything. And they might decide, hey, this body ain't for me. You know what I mean? So – but, you know, cishet people don't always love that line of of thought. So I just, you know, we got enough going on. I'm just not going to bring up the whole gender binary thing. <laughs> that would be, I mean, we that would be just such a huge bird walk, to be honest. Because yeah, truly. Here truly. I am already starting down. I'm like, because <laughs> let's get into it. I know. Let's not, let's not get into gender studies at this, at this juncture. We have so much to cover today. We've got 12 legendary moments from listeners like you. So, Caitlin, let's jump right into the season five finale, Doppelgangers. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five level members, Jeff, Arjun, Adam, Tish, Johnny, and Ben. This year, our Patreon pals got a brand new perk. We reacted to every episode of How I Met Your Father as well on video, and those are for Patreon only. And we also have the season five recap coming up that will also be Patreon pals only. So you can sign up for as little as $2 a month to get these perks and more at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. Do you want delicious handmade cookies delivered to your doorstep? How about deep discounts on all your favorite treats? Are you interested? Yeah, I'm interested. You would love Rachel's Cookies and Treats. Rachel's Cookies and Treats is our most favorite small business for a lot of reasons. They're woman-owned, they make everything from scratch, and they love How I Met Your Mother as much as we do. Plus, they give our listeners 25% off every order. So if you are interested, and why wouldn't you be, go over to rachelscookiesandtreats.com to see what's baking. Don't forget to use the code for 25% off. It's HBFAM. That's all caps, H-B-F-A-M. 
This is season five, episode 24, Doppelgangers season finale. It first aired May 24th, 2010, the day after your birthday, Caitlin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you didn't notice, since there are like a hundred scenes in this episode and it's the finale, we got Baze and Thomas on deck as the writers for this one. Our and favorite. Oh, our absolute duo. faves. Our absolute faves wrapping up the season. And the director, of course, who else would it be for the season finale? It's Pam Fryman. Our queen. I know. And I have to say, this does really feel like the end of the fr- – and it is the end of the first half of the show. It kind of works out perfectly that it literally is. You know, There's so much yeah. momentum going into the back half, and we'll talk more about that next next time, but – it really does feel like arcs are ending and like new arcs are about to start, which is which is wonderful. Um, so first we get a little cold open where we're reviewing the doppelgangers we've already seen. And all of them were seen in season five. So this whole doppelgangers thing is a season five arc. Um, we saw them all in Double Date and Robots versus Wrestlers, Lesbian Robin, uh, Mustache Marshall, Stripper Lily, and wrestler mexican wrestler ted which we talked about um <laughs> on robust versus wrestlers uh so we the only one we haven't seen is barney uh and the elusive barney is really important we learned at the end of last episode because marshall and lily are basing when to start a family on seeing the final doppelganger because they don't want to be home with the freaking kid when everyone else sees sees him um so a few weeks later, we have Marshall and Lily on the street and in Lily's, my favorite Lily outfit, probably mm. to date, which is the- Really? I love it so much. It's got the frilly circle mm-hmm. top thing and then yeah. like the cinched little waist and the little poofy like A-line skirt. She just looks so- Adorable. Spring, you know, mm. and cute and very like early 2000s, but in like a good way. And she just looks so sweet. She just looks so mm. sweet here. Uh, definitely, definitely a fave. I love all the appliques that they do with a little. Mm. I don't know. Is that like applique? Would you call that? I think so. The front thing. It looks like a doily almost, but obviously not a doily. It's fashion. It's fashion. But anyway, so she looks beautiful, and they're there, and they're deciding we're just going to let the universe decide. And all of a sudden. There is what they think is Barney's doppelganger, which we, of course, know is an elaborate ruse. Um, It's actually Barney running multiple flim flams at once. He's doing the cab driver thing. He's also skipping work, Uh, but it fools them. And we get this. What I realized is like the second beginning of them having uh, working towards having a baby because I think it was season four where they first really start to talk about Mm -hmm. it. Or very early season five, um, you know, Lily gets really drunk and Marshall has to take care of her and he realizes they're not ready, right? <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, this is so accurate, at least to my life, when, when it comes to talking about having kids. And I'm I'm assuming it's the same for a lot of other couples where it's like stop and start, stop and start. Mm. Like Liz and I have talked about having kids since before we got married, yeah. And, you know, we got like serious about it and then we backed off and then we got serious again and then we backed off. And so now we're like in the serious and it's staying serious, but sometimes you try, sometimes you don't, you know? So it's like, it's, I like that the show did a very accurate 
portrayal of how a lot of couples do like the family planning thing, which is no one really is ready at the same time. (laughs) You know? I yeah, I feel like two part one, you're never ready. Even if you like think you are, like you're just not because like how can you be? Because it's gonna be a completely unknown like any new unknown experience. But I used to I remember thinking that Lily was so like stupid to have like this sign from the universe, but mm-hmm. I can understand because it's such a big decision and it's hard to like, I feel like if it was left up to me, I would be like Lily, like, oh no, that definitely wasn't the fifth doppelganger. It couldn't have right. been, that wasn't Barney driving the cab. It was a right. small pop Asian man. Like, whereas, yeah. um, like if I had, a, you know what I mean? Like, but if there was like a sign I was looking for that was like an, oh, I guess an accidental pregnancy. <laughs> There's your sign, Caitlin. Well, but yeah, and it's like it takes the pressure off you to actually feel ready, right? It's just something that's being mm, yeah, that's done I mean. to yeah, – it's Thank like something you. being done to you or given to you instead of you actually feeling ready because, I mean, yes, of course, you're never going to feel ready, but you can feel a little bit more ready yeah. emotionally, right? And so that's the point sure. where like if, if Lily is leaving it up to the universe – and can't doesn't really want to decide for herself. That kind of tells us that she's not right. she's not like ready if, yet. We see that. I mean, we're not we're barely even into the show. We do see that later on, but right, right, exactly. So, but I like that 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 their journey, even though you know they're so in love and they fuck like rabbits and all this stuff, but they are still it. They're showing that the the family making process is not linear in any mm-hmm. sense, which is I which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. So. Yeah, I, it's so that's one of the reasons why we love this show, right? Yeah, yeah. So but now Lily thinks she's ready to 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 start having a baby because of Cabbie doppelganger Barney. I I do say I I hate. There's something off putting about the put a baby in my belly. I Listen, just, I and I feel like we talked about this before we even had we? a podcast. The put a baby in my belly and the stick me real good gross me out it's yeah it's just oh my niece was facetiming me like several times decline 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 she lost her first tooth oh you're such a bad aunt for not picking up the phone did it happen just now yeah it just happened because like (laughs) i don't know i muted the active threads on my phone or on my computer to like so they wouldn't pop up but not the family with my parents thread (laughs) <laughs> so congrats Ev we yay Everly hooray yay. Um, yeah I hate that stick it Ugh. stick me put a baby in my belly yeah it's like childish but yeah not a huge fan either I agree no. yeah. anyway um, but not a fan the sorry I lost my transition I, was gonna, I had a good one I lost it just like that um, anyway at the bar Marshall is just ecstatic at the thought of having unprotected sex and is like has chills, I think he says, right? And he just can't yeah. wait to tell the gang because they have no boundaries. So of right, course he's exactly. gonna share this, which I don't disagree. Like they're his closest friends, they're his family that's there. None of them have family really close by, like they're yeah. each other's family and friends. So I can understand wanting to share, but also. It's like Lily says, it's a really private, intimate moment. There's so much right. like in a fertility journey that you don't know what's going to happen. And so it's sometimes it's better just to like Lily says to keep <laughs> yeah. it more quiet. I will um, I would agree with that because 
I feel like I made a mistake telling a bunch of people that we were starting out on the journey. I mean, it would be for us an entire surprise if we randomly got pregnant, right? And so I thought it was okay to like say we were working on it. But I mean, people want an update every time they see us. Like her parents, they, yeah. my parents, like they're just waiting for us to like announce it. And it's like, are you like that with with straight couples? Like you just kind of assume they're always trying and it's randomly going to happen, right? You're not just always like waiting for – I mean, maybe some people are, but I think I have the a pressure friend is real. I have a friend, straight. Uh, um, she's straight, and her and her husband have been trying to have a baby for the last like two years, mm. multiple rounds of unsuccessful – like lots Jeez, and lots of interventions yeah, and nothing yeah. is successful. Um, and she – it's just interesting because she welcomes the questions and I don't know how to proceed around that because yeah, I feel like most people aren't and she's just – she feels offended when people don't inquire. Oh, God. Right? I, and I'm, I'm not offended when they do. It's just like we – and you know what? Often no one says anything but we address it and then they're like, oh, thank – all right. I was waiting for you to say something. Like everywhere we go, like our friends are watching if I have a drink, like an alcoholic drink. Like everything's just like everyone's waiting for me to say something. And that is 1,000% our fault for putting it in a fucking YouTube video and wanting to like document everything, you know, because – I, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, like, now we are reaping what we sowed, basically. But also, like, just it's just interesting in the lack of boundaries people have, too. Like, I just yeah. – I can understand, like, family members being excited. But even – I don't know. Like, my sister, when she – I knew she was trying to have a baby. Like, I didn't fucking ask. Because, like, you'll tell me when you – there's like you said, I'll tell you when there's news to tell. Yes. And the, you- the people who are, are most uh, respectful of that are – our other lesbian friends who went through this same journey. Like, and I mean, you, obviously you never asked me about it, which is great, but specifically our friends that have been through this, they're like, what'd you say? Kids are the worst. Just kidding. Kids are the worst. Yeah. Caitlin's like, don't ever get pregnant. (laughs) But they're like, they, they're just like, when you have something to tell, you'll tell. Like that's, and that's, and I know that grandparents are just like excited. Right. And they just want us to, um, you know, have a little squishy for them to squish, you know? I get it. I get it. Yeah, totally. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, bird walk Um, number one. Yeah. But I mean, like, so you can, you can picture it, right? And we even get that beautiful visual. We have Barney who's got popcorn for the live show, Ted, with the balloons Mm -hmm. talking about dressing up like Santa and then Robin calling in the big guns. And we have the TV just like zaps on. (laughs) (laughs) This just in, Chopper 12 is on the scene. And so, Oh, I love when Ted gets – we talked about Ted this in the live. Ted gets blown out. Whoa. With the fucking balloons. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So good. It's so good. But, you know, she's got a point. Anyway, Ted and Robin show up at the bar and they talk about the news of the fifth doppelganger, but they don't share what it means to them. Mm-hmm. And I love this little scene. Everyone agrees that Barney looks better as a blonde, which is not something every dude can pull off, which is like a signal to Ted. Right. And, you know, um, you know, kind of like his red cowboy boots, he thinks that this is a look that he can pull off. Because back in the day when he was lifeguarding and he was playing with some natural highlights, he really had something going good. Um, something go- eh, something good going on. Words are hard. I feel um, like I'm regressing as a person. Like I feel like a teenager because I really want to put lemon juice in my hair and get a tan. Like those are my goals for the summer. Besides maybe getting pregnant, at least I can control – my tan and the highlights in my hair. 
Um, Brianna came up this weekend and she has a Planet Fitness membership. And she's like, you want to go tanning? It's free. And I was just like, hell yeah. Did you do it? We, no, we didn't end up going. Oh, but wanted to. Right? She, she's like, she said that she would go just to feel warmth on her skin during the winter, not necessarily to get tan. She's like, I well, just needed to, to feel something. But they prescribe that for people with depression. Yeah. It's like legit. I honestly am curious if I would benefit because, well, we, you and I were talking. I was just like, I don't know, something I haven't felt like myself in weeks. And now, like, I'm feeling like better. And you're like, bitch, we had sunny weather all weekend i was just like yes. oh yeah there it is yeah i got a, a legit like pool deck lounge chair and i put it on our top deck i put on a bathing suit and laid out today because it was almost 70 degrees here <gasps> that's delicious, delicious right i know everyone out west is like you fucking psycho but literally if it's above 65 we are out with shorts oh. flip-flops picnicking I'm- Short sleeves and a skirt yeah. on, bare legs. Yep. Oh, bare God. white legs with uh, about an inch of leg hair. Yeah, on same. There. Don't care. Inches. Winter legs. Conservative for what I got going on, but that's fine. That's fine. I, I shaved just, not too recent. I, like, like, not too frequently. In March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I shaved in March. I could not. I could not pinpoint the time of the last time a razor kissed these legs, but I am going to shave because I'm going to get a pedicure and I don't want to do that to those people, you know, just rubbing my hairy legs. I hear you. Feels weird. I think, so I got sucked into the the birdwalk number two, sorry. I got sucked into the trifecta of clean sheets, clean hair. And I was like, it's, it's Sunday. I can do this. I can do this. Shave the legs. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Yeah. That's like the best. That is nice. But anyway, anyway, all all to say, I might try to play with some natural highlights now that I've seen Ted. I'm here about for it. it Honestly, right? yes, do it. Fully okay, support. Cool. Thank you so um, much. And similar, like so, okay, so you and I are on the same page with that. Then we get this beautiful telepathic scene where everyone else is on the same page, but Ted is kind of like off, <laughs> not in the same conversation. And Marshall realizes that they are really at a crucial point. And if they play this their cards right, that they could convince <laughs> Ted to go blonde because his Achilles heel is to tell him emphatically, a bunch of people emphatically tell him he can't pull something off. Or just no quickly- in general, like yeah. Robin saying no yes, over no. and over. Yes. What could she mean when she <laughs> says no? It's so good. Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> God, um, Yeah. So, of course, they tell him not to. And then Ted decides that he is going to go blonde. Of course. Of course. And it was just so good to have a telepathy scene again. We haven't mm. had one in a while. Was it I maybe? can't remember the last one. The, the last one I remember is Three Days of Snow when it's Barney and Ted at the bar with Aruba, Jamaica. But there might be another one in there. Anyway, it was so That's good to good see. That's a good one, though. So good. So what I wrote here is fucking Don. They're in love, whatever. That's what I said. Um, they're doing Monty and Moo, which is so great. And Robin's all, I've experimented with drugs. <laughs> Highest rating episode. I love it so much. Just getting that real talk. And Mm -hmm. Don gives her this fucking line about, oh, you made me want to try again. And I love you so much for that. And so he's just going to fucking. So basically he used Robin as a rehabilitation center and is Mm -hmm. now just like, fuck off and just leaves her behind like a piece of garbage. But whatever. We'll get to that. 
So there's that. And then Marshall sees the the cabbie doppelganger on the street. And of course, being Marshall, he has to fucking talk to him and ruin I, that's it. That's his favorite Marshall you know? being Marshall. And he, you know, this is his own, this is his own fault. This is his own mm-hmm. fault. And mm-hmm. he goes up to the cabbie to thank him because he's so sweet. And oops, it's Barney in a in a brunette wig and also sideburns, like real I commitment. And they just like stay on the whole time. Whips the wig off. So we have like we have that face crack, and then at the same time, Robin is getting a phone call, which is going to be another huge potential uh, issue. So right now, it's like Marshall and Lily making a baby is in jeopardy, and now mm-hmm. the entire integrity of the group is mm-hmm. in, te- in jeopardy because Robin might have to move away, and this is. This is an arc that we're going to see a lot in the second half of the show of the wholeness of the group being threatened a mm. lot of times in a lot of different ways. And that's growing up, you know? So, um, that's so hard. I know, but it's so real. Mm-hmm. And we love the show for doing the real, right? Like the, the real hard stuff, but it is tough to watch. Because it happens to all of us. Yeah, that, which is why it's tough. Yeah. So um, Robin calls Ted first, which I think is interesting because mm-hmm. normally she would probably call Lily first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something so important. He's the first person she calls. And we see Ted throughout this episode being like, being such a, an anchor for Robin in, mm-hmm. in a good way, you know, like just really, really helping her out and being there and also her seeking him out specifically. So that's why it all kind of feels like it's leading towards them smooching again. Mm-hmm. Um, but she calls him and she goes to see him because he's the most reasonable person she knows. And it turns out he's at the salon, full foils, under the, the foils. <laughs> under the old timey dryer. Sitting next to Flo. Sitting next to Flo, just chopping it up. um, And he's going blunt. And all the while, Robin's telling him about this lead anchor job at WNKW and how um, she would have to leave in a week to move to Chicago. And that this is like a huge deal and something that she really needs to consider. And she just doesn't know what to do. one it is um you know so marshall has figured out that barney is the cab driver it's not actually a doppelganger and yeah he is pissed about it because this is so important to him barney being the fifth doppelganger um you know barney doesn't really understand why and so marshall kind of like lets it slip that it's because Lily's been waiting for this particular sign from the universe to tell them that it's time to have kids because he is so ready. Yeah. He's just waiting for Lily to like give him the go ahead so he can put a baby in her belly and might miss that. Sticker real good. (laughs) Like, come on. (laughs) I mean, like, I like to be stuck. It's like a stuck pig. Maybe that's why we don't like it. It feels like, yeah, it just feels gross. It feels gross. Um, but yeah so they're using it as a sign for the universe and barney is just like so shaken up like you're saying like like the whole group is just going to then kind of fall apart right um 
And I love how, you know, two things. Uh, one, I love that Marshall brought up the fact that, like, you called me by my work nickname. Ooh. Uh, sorry, I'm changing my lighting. Oh, I love it. Bit. Here for it. I got you really called orange. Me Big Chief, his special work nickname. He's like, oh. Yeah. And I loved the uh, answering machine kind of, I don't know, I was going to say, like, sleight of hand or whatever. Like, big yeah, 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 yeah. My uncle had one of those back in like the 90s. Oh, when, when it was so cool like, to pr- prank your friends. What? Hello? What? I can't hear you. Hello? <sighs> not funny. Not cool. Uh, but then, <laughs> Not fucking cool. But then that brought me down and I will only just mention this. We don't have to talk about it. But it just triggered a whole bunch of memories of my mother making it. my sister and I record fun answering machine messages. I remember oh some of them. I won't God. Repeat, or repeat them off air. Okay, great. That sounds good. That sounds uh, good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So anyway, um, those were things I loved. Um, yeah. So Marshall's ready to be a dad, but now it could be years before he gets that chance. And that's really sad. And Barney's yeah. sad for him and, you know, charges him $37.50 for the <laughs> cab drive. I love right. – the depths that Barney went through for this particular scheme. He really did put a lot of work he into le- it. He like legit leased yeah. a cab and he's sleep on with, the clock. Oh, I didn't even explain that part. See, this was tricky for me about the live watch because I swore we had already recorded. Like there's another I, episode. I know. Well, I was like, did I take notes? Like I feel like I took notes on this, but yeah. But yeah, same, same. Okay, so we're in the same place then. But anyway, yeah. so Barney is a cab driver because he's trying to sleep with somebody from every single country and i love like his little like roll-up map so good. um and barney make, or marshall makes a comment that he's doing surprisingly well in the baltic so put a pin in that for later yep. in the episode yep. um so yeah barney decides to become a, a cab driver and hang out by the un except chicks don't want chicks to bank. do not want to bank cab drivers which i feel like he should have known mm-hmm. he was he was in a room at the van smoot party Full of women of that caliber, he should have learned from that. He's out of his league. He's out of his league, and these women will not fall for the normal flim flim flams that he has. Mm -hmm. He's accustomed to rolling out. Their IQ is just, you know, yeah, fifty points higher than he's used to. Yeah, and I will say, like this this moment of Marshall being ready and Lily not being ready is very much me and Liz. Like, I feel like Mm. she was, I actually don't know if she was really ready or she just felt like that Midwest pressure. Mm. Cause she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have a baby when I'm 40. And it's like, 40 isn't that old anymore. It's not. (laughs) Right. It's like, were you ready at, at 30 or 35? Like maybe 35, but like we had just really met when you were 35. So like, who fucking cares if you're 40? But that really is like a – it's like a perception thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you – like because she has kids. She has people – she knows people from high school whose children are in college now. Like they had kids right out of high school. That'll be me. Yeah, that'll be you. That'll be you at 40. Don't recommend it. Yeah. So, But I mean that – they did it on purpose. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like they did it fully on purpose and it's like all, like multiple people. So – for her, she she kind of even though she lives outside of the, you know the cis hetero norm norms, she still kind of felt I think a little behind the eight ball, and she doesn't want to be yeah. an old parent. But it's like, 
You're going to be lesbian mom. You're already way cooler. That trumps any sort of old parent. Yeah. At all. Come on. Yeah. So I I totally understand the the one person kind of being ready and the other person. Because I kind of felt like I should be more ready by now. Like, why am I not Mm -hmm. ready? Like, I need to catch up with how she's feeling about this and have that same kind of like impatience. And then my sister got pregnant again and, and, and she was like jokingly competitive about it. And I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't feel that really, but now I finally like actually feel ready and we're both on the same page, which is really good. So that is good. But that's how it happens. Like it's not that magical universe moment where mm. you're both where you're both ready. It's like an ongoing conversation. And sometimes she's like, let's never, let's not have kids. You know, it's like a it's a back and forth because we have a yeah. list. We have a list of things that we want to do if we cannot have children. You know, the the cars we want to buy, the vacations we want to take. And it's like, yeah, it's tempting. It's fucking tempting. I, I, wanted, I, I want a G-Wagon. It's way outside my budge, but I really want a fucking Mercedes G-Wagon, but that's fine. Never going to happen. <laughs> you look good in that. Like, right? I mean, if Join I- our Patreon. <laughs> Entry just went up to $500 a pop. Thank you so much. <laughs> I I wonder sometimes if I didn't have Jack so young at this point in my life, like, would, yeah, would yeah. I? Would you? I yeah. I you don't, don't know. so. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, and I mean, it's a lot harder now than it was when our parents were having kids, right? You know, as far as like financially, clearly, <laughs> right? As, yeah. And there was no pressure from the internet to be a perfect mm-hmm. parent and all that mm-hmm. shit. So I'm very grateful I missed oh, that. the Pinterest shit and all that. Oh. Like I, let me tell you, I have I have zero interest in designing a nursery. My child will be sleeping in a room. That already exists and is and is properly painted and wallpapered. Like I don't care about that. Well, it's fine if people do, but for me, like that piece of motherhood is like of zero interest to me. Like doing the whole theme because it's like that feels like it's more about me than the kid. Because what do they even fucking like? They don't, don't like anything. Know. Don't put that on them. Titties. They like titties and they pooping. Love titties. True. Which, Which I mean, that ever, you ever age out of that? That is me. I love titties. I love to poop. So, love titties. Um, oh, I had a realization a though. I had a realization. What I missed out, like because of like our age, I, we missed out on like social media in high school, and then I missed the parenting Plus, wave too. Thank fucking god, dude. That's nice. What? That's like nice. yeah. I'm lucky. You're fucking telling, lucky. I know. Like even Pinterest shit. Oh my gosh. Like well, the, now the it's birthday. TikTok. Now it's like parenting TikTok shit. I mean, Liz does get some nice ideas from there, but sometimes I'm like, oh, fucking God. Fucking like TikTok. gentle parenting. We can talk about gentle parenting off the air, but the latest, the latest one was floor, uh, beds on the floor, which I guess is like a Montessori, Montessori thing. Montessori, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can get up on their own and they can be more self-sufficient, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, sounds all great, but I'm like, oh, fucking God, why do we got to reinvent the fucking wheel? And like, I was not being um, open and generous. I was being a bitch, truly being a bitch. I was just like, all we have to do is keep these fucking kids alive. Like that's the goal of the first few years. Yeah. It's not about like looking a certain way or doing things. And of course she's like, I want to do it the best way. And I'm like, 
we will kill ourselves if that's what we're that's what the, the goal best is. way but- is loved and fed right housed and clothed and if yeah. you're not able to meet any of those at least love yeah like yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. all you can give because you right. got, got the other shit right exactly but i mean i understand fact, she just she likes to do things well i like yeah. to do them good enough so i yeah, think I like together to do things we'll, well yeah i think together we'll be okay <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's on the floor. Yeah, Rotating and then my sister's toys. like sending me all like the fucking, obviously from Pinterest, all the beds on the floor that people set up. And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Let's just do, give the kid a padded room and call it a day. I will say, <laughs> though, that like it, I feel as though people who parent in those kind of ways, like mm-hmm. their kids are like way more independent and self-sufficient way younger than I ever expected. Yeah. Like my friend Maggie, like her boys are like in more of like the Montessori situation. Yeah. Yeah, just like you know, she's like homeschools and like, you know, very much Oof, homeschooling. I mean, I th- I would like to homeschool, but I don't know. That seems like a it, lot. It's like it's well, homeschool first of all is not all day. It is not. That's yeah. just not I mean, which was funny because like when we were doing pandemic education with online schooling, we're like, if you look at the typical day of a, of a homeschooler, they don't have six hours of instruction. Hmm. Their day is very, is structured very, very differently. And I feel like yeah. you can, there's pros and cons. Yeah, I totally. mean, also I hate public education, but then. Yeah, no, no shit. The anyway. The floor makes me nervous. Anyhow. I know, same. I, but anyway, um, so. Oh, so, so, okay. I know where we yeah, are. Yeah, go ahead. So. Barney tells Marshall, you know, the, Marshall's about to break the news to Lily goes home, but Lily's got them titties up. <laughs> boobs and eyes. She's all boobs and eyes. Oh, my God. So yeah. good. And yeah. Marshall can't do it. I mean, can you blame him? Can't do it. Yeah. So he's trying yeah. to tell her and he can't. Meanwhile, uh, Robin is talking to Ted and she's really upset that things are going so well with Don. And, of course, another obstacle between career and love and ted's like bitch please you have never put love first and Mm -hmm. honestly i feel like that is a huge reason she actually decided in the first like she decided in the end to take it Mm -hmm. because or to stay because she values ted's opinion and also she hates being pigeonholed into a certain way, right? So she's like, I'm going to take a fucking risk. I'm going to do this because Ted thinks that I can't, right? It's like very Robin of her to to finally do it. And I think she did, obviously she loves Don and she's ready to be vulnerable and open. Like she moved in with him. She wouldn't move in with Ted, but there isn't, I think, another piece of it where it's like, maybe I am stuck in a rut and I need to try something different yeah. to be happy, right? So mm-hmm. um, she decides to, to go for it. Um, She's, uh, but obviously Ted says she needs to talk to Don before she decides anything and that he's just impossible when it comes to being objective about her leaving because he loves her so much. So a little sweetie. So at the bar, um, Ted comes in blonde as fuck with Robin and Barney already has his little notepad where he's been jotting down jokes for the occasion. Lots of Billy Idol jokes, of course. And... We start this clever running bit with Robin where, you know, Ted says something like confident about his hair. Then he tells Mm -hmm. Robin, like, you know, tell him as in like, tell them you were thinking of moving. And she's like, he's not getting lots of confidence about his hair. Um, So we get a couple of those, which is great. And 
Uh, then Robin tells Barney she might move and he panics, right? Because that's Marshall and Lily's presence being jeopardized because now they're off trying to have a baby mm-hmm. and now Robin might move. So he had that same kind of panic in Robots versus Wrestlers and we're seeing it again here. Just his abandonment issues on full blast. I want to um, just point out <clears throat> that on yeah. Barney's blog post that he does talk about no babies before the age of 45. <sighs> and then Great. he also has more jokes for Ted. And I, I just want to read a couple of them. Please do. Okay. Please do. Um, is it true that gentlemen prefer you? <laughs> <laughs> you look a lot taller in person, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> A uh, little cold to be out without your kerchief, Fred from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. There's a Slim Shady. Uh, Great. Oh, did I accidentally catch you dancing with yourself? Oh, come on. Just more like wedding – or not wedding. Uh, more Billy Idol. Yeah. Uh, did it suck when your parents left you in Home Alone? <laughs> Yeah. Good ones. Yeah, that's kind of it. I love it. it. Good job, Barney. (laughs) Yeah, I like the Dame Judy Dench one. Yeah, that's a good one. Because I'm like, ooh. Sick burn. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that thirsty ass wig. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, um, yeah, so, so I'm like, where the fuck were we? It's all so, good. So, yeah, so now, you know, Barney is upset and worried and, you know, they need uh, Marshall and Lily to weigh in on this because clearly this is a group decision, that, you know. Yeah. So um, they then, you know, we cut over to Marshall and Lily's apartment where they're starting to get, like, kind of, like, hot and heavy. Mm-hmm. and. Marshall's about, to, you know, like, still hasn't brought up the news, hasn't broken it to her, but She's like, hey, you know, I got to know what's up. That guy just didn't look enough like Barney. Right. (laughs) He tries to bring it up and then she just crumbles. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, she really thinks that he looks like a small pot-bellied Asian man with a soul patch. Like, really the complete (laughs) opposite of Barney. Right. Um, Which is kind of, again, like the little, like, inkling that she – maybe she's really not ready. Yeah. Um, We cut back to the bar and – oh, sorry. Never mind. No, no, no. They head over to Marshall and Lily. Yeah. Sorry. I, I tried That's to take those in like one scene, like what is all the it's things tough. happening. It's too it's hard. It's tough to do. Love you, Carter and Craig, but it's hard to. It's hard to that. take notes on a, on a Bates mm-hmm. and Thomas episode. It is. Um, I do love Marshall's line. I cannot in good conscience stick you. <laughs> All right, that's an approved use of sticky, yes, I guess. Yes, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I, I approve it. Uh, yes. Anyway, so there's no boundaries between the group, so they need to get Marshall and Lily's opinion on Robin potentially mm-hmm. moving. So they head over to their apartment and barge in, and Marshall and Lily are kind of in like an intimate position. And it's yeah. almost just like what she imagined in the beginning of the episode. Because <laughs> they, they know would- each other so well. Mm-hmm, Yep. Just minus the popcorn and balloons. Exactly. And the and pl- chopper. And plus a blonde dead. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but and so Barney like does some inferencing. He looks around, he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't tell her. And I love his reveal. It was me. 
like a dramatic <laughs> turn. And yeah. Lily's mad at Marshall, and rightfully so, because this is a big decision. And to like find out that what you thought was true is not is kind of fucked up. I um, know, but he was. I mean, he literally he just said, yeah. "I cannot, in good conscience, stick you." Like he was even sh- even shirtless in bed with his wife. He was still trying to stop it, or at least make her admit or get her to admit that they would be doing this anyway, right? He was still feeling true, bad about true, it. True, true. Yeah, and so like they went through damn it. Damn good. Yeah, right? Um, so, yeah. So, again, we get the little bit of um, Marshall. Or, oh, my God. Words are so hard. I had no sandwiches. I just, I'm tired. It's all good, girl. Um, Again, we get the cute little bit of Ted kind of cutting through and being like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, the hair's working. Yeah. I've been tell them the news. And she's like, uh, actually, it's not. Yeah. And right. so she tells them that she got a job offer for a, a anchor position in Chicago. And at this point, Barney still thinks that she kind of wants her voice. And she's like, guys, I have to take it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Were you surprised? Um, what would you have done? What would you think was a, the best choice? Well, I think it de- I think it depended on who she talked to first because mm. I think if she had seen Don first or if she had seen that photo in the apartment first, she would have known that she should stay, but she was with her friends who I mean, they're they're team Robin no matter what she decides and they understand how much she's passionate about her career. So, I think she's like she's had enough time away from Don in this day that mm. she's kind of She's not forgotten how much she cares about him, but she's had a. But she, she's she can be a little more objective. Yeah, and she can compartmentalize and really yeah. think about what's the best place for her. Yeah, and she knows mm-hmm. that these people will will support that. So yeah. I'm not surprised that she does that, and I'm also not surprised that she flip flops on it. Um, mm. so at the bar the next day, we get another little bit of the telepathy bit. Um, they're talking about like, oh my god, Ted's hair starting to look good. Yeah, and like, I love Barney. He looks on. like a freaking movie star. And his <laughs> face when he's do when he you hear the because his lips don't move. It's uh, so good. He does. Yeah, we know Neil Patrick Harris's physical comedy is like chef's kiss. He shines. Yeah, yeah he totally shines. Um, so Robin comes in with news about Chicago in my favorite Robin shirt. Mm. At least thus far, I don't remember. I feel like there are some really great Robin looks coming up. So I'm not going to say this is my favorite period, but that like gingham wrap with the bow. It's like girly, but not like frilly. Which I think is Robin. Yes. Very Robin. Beautiful. It just, it just fits Mm. her perfectly. And it just confirms for me that green is Robin's color of love, right? We've seen her in it. In the pilot and in other moments where she's like she's showing love or she's in love or she's feeling heartbreak. And so I really feel like green is her color of love. And we'll see even more of that later. I'm thinking of one specific dress that is like incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like Lily's color is purple. She wears a lot of purple right now. She's very in love and thinking about babies. Right. She's often in purple when she's having like those lovey-dovey moments. So Mm. anyway. That's anyway, my little fashion anyway. moment for today. Um, Robin 
is tells them that she was going to take the job in Chicago, uh, but she was taking the call in their apartment and she's, you know, surrounded by their life together. Mm-hmm. And she looks at the photo of them and the goddamn Monty Amumu. Fucking Monty Amumu fucking everything up. Yeah. And she decides to finally let love win one for the first mm. time. So we thought we'd have to get used to maybe a season without Robin, but now she's going to stay. And everything's going to be wonderful. Fart, fart, fart. Uh, so, yeah. So she turns on the job and obviously everyone's happy and, and celebrating and they're glad that they didn't lose Robin. And I said on the live watch, and I'm glad I'm remembering this now, both Robin and Ted almost end up in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I'm going to say. Like, if they didn't know each other in New York, they both probably would have ended up in Chicago because Robin is kind of the reason Ted didn't go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And now I think Robin growing as a person and learning to love more thanks to Ted is the reason Robin didn't go to Chicago. So mm-hmm. they probably would have met in Chicago. I think that's just, I, they are, they are psychically connected. Yeah. And that is a beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. that's just – that's something I've only noticed now that we're, like, digging really deeply into the show is that that's – there's some kismet there is that they mm-hmm. they both have had the same kind of trajectory of almost Chicago and then not. So, so yeah, like the same pull happening mm-hmm. to both of them. <sighs> Back on the street, Marshall and Lily are walking together and – he points out that they literally saw Barney. Yeah. Literally, it was Barney. Like, there's no way. It was they saw actual Barney. But Lily really had convinced herself that it wasn't him. And right. I love this. He like up he realizes that it's not the right time to rush her. And he's he apologizes and um says that they can wait. Yeah. And I don't think anyone really expected that the wait would be so short because just then they turn around. And what do they see? A man <gasps> uh, juggling who looks just like Barney. Just what? happens to be one of Barney's just- skills, you know? An Estonian street huh. performer. Wearing just a vest, no shirt, <sighs> like this red crimped kind of hair, mm-hmm. like wild looking wig. And-, and the lipstick, which you pointed out. <laughs> the fucking lips, like brown lipstick. I Amazing. love his commitment, though. I have so to good. say. It's, it's so good. Yeah. So good. Um, and so, yeah, Marshall and Lily confront him. And, you know, it's quite clear from their interactions that Christoph Doppelganger is not a real person. <laughs> and, it, you know, that it's Barney. Yeah. Um, and And they start talking to him, you know, respecting that he's Christoph and he's, kind he's of respecting him. It's my, my name. name. Uh, and respecting, I think, kind of what he was doing for them. Um, yeah. I thought it was really sweet. So they start talking about how this they have this really great friend whose name is whose name is Barney. Yeah. And he is just an incredible guy. And he realized that, you know, maybe Robin leaving, you know, scared him. And uh, he realizes that maybe having a baby in the group wouldn't be so bad. Mm. And I love how Lily's like, and he's going to be the best uncle because this Barney, he's family. And like, they give him a little kiss and Marshall mm, gives yeah. him some money. And it's yeah. just, 
touching. Well, yeah, and it's because it's it's sort of soothing his abandonment issues, right? Where he's like, you're not just some weird friend that we have. Like, you are family. Like, this baby is going to pull us closer together. It's not going to be mm-hmm. us and you and the- on the outside, you know? You'll be Uncle Barney. Yeah, he needed that. He needed that comfort. It was um, really, really sweet. Yeah. And as they walk away, this woman walks up to him and she's a, from Estonia. And Barney, like, quickly, or Kristoff quickly looks at his map. And this is why the Baltics are important because <laughs> if he bangs someone from Estonia, that'll close out the Baltics. Oh, the and Baltics. This woman, this woman happens to be a street performer too. And so her name's Petra and she's played by Brianna Belladonna, who is actually a real sword swallower. So I, I figured because holy shit, and you can like see her throat. I know. It's just like, like throat literally is like, like closing up. I was like, ooh. Could not ooh. ever be me, but good for you, girl. Good for you, not for me. You know what I'm saying? Not for me. Not, not for me. me. Not for me. Good job, Brianna. <laughs> so, oh, God. Oh, so Don comes home and Robin is just so in love with him. She made him flatbread or thin crust pizza. And just the way you like that. Just the way you like it. And she's just so happy in this moment. You just don't want him to say anything. And, like feeling like she made the right choice. Like, fine. Like, all right. She's probably in her head, like, in a maybe major we're way. Gonna, yeah, like, we're going to get married. Like, who knows where this will life. go? Yeah, like, this things is, are limitless now mm. with Don and I. Like, she's feeling at home in this in this apartment mm. and, like, probably more comfortable than ever. She's proud of herself for taking this step. You can just trusting. see it all over. Yeah. And then he's got to be a fucking. And oh, prove that fucker. he has been a rabbit all along. A fucking rabbit. Fucking rabbit from the jump. Fuck you, Don. Fuck you, Don. He says that he got off for the job and he has to take it. And, like, he doesn't even ask her to go with him. Not that she would because she has her own career here. But he's basically just like, I got to do this. I, I just like, got to do it. Can you imagine what it's like to get your dream job offered to you? And listen, I would Can have read him to the ground when he said that. Right about Yeah. I mean, and and like they only took ask you because I fucking turned them down. You piece of shit. Exactly. Ugh, I, exactly. No it's pants so wearing. Bad. You <laughs> fucking delinquent. And yeah, so like, and that's the beauty of like restraint in writing, right? Because like, mm-hmm. it always leaves us with like, oh, I wish they'd said a little bit more, but it's still yeah. so meaningful that she didn't really say much. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, just you know, great writing as always. But I, I, I am just like, I would have been like, they wanted me first, bitch. Same. So I would not. No, nope, no. My absolutely like, not. I would not be able to rest until I made that known. <laughs> right. Well, she does. Yeah. She does give him a few phone calls in season six. So well, I can't. I cannot wait for those. <laughs> this just in. But anyway. Um, and fuck then she, you, she, yeah, fuck you, Don, is all we have to say. Um, and then she shows up at the apartment and she just says, say yes to this. And it's so sweet. Mm, I love the way Ted just like brings her in for that hug. Mm-hmm. Like speaking of babies, like watching that made me think of like when I told my parents I was pregnant and my dad asked what I was going to do. And I said, I'm, you know, I was going to keep the baby. And he yeah. just like brought me in and said, whatever you need. No. And it was just like, just like, and so like, I felt like just this unconditional love from Ted to Robin, like, 
I got you whatever. Like whatever you need. Like and listen, no spoilers, but this is probably the kind of thing she reflects on later on. Do you know what I mean? Like just that unconditional love that she that he had even as a friend when he clearly was still in love with her. As we saw just a couple episodes ago, right? Like she was, mm-hmm. he's still in love with her, but he's able to do it in a non creepy way where she feels safe and she can come to him because he can put it aside and really just. Because he loves her in a platonic way yes. as well. And not just the romantic. And that's something that, I mean, a piece of it is that they've just gotten so familiar with each other. But I think Ted has also grown as a person, as a character, because Mm -hmm. season one, season two, Ted could not have done this, right? He would have tried to, you know, finagle his way in or make it about him or, you know, kind of hold his affection hostage for a romantic relationship. And now he's able to just just be the best, most comforting friend and let her move back in. Exactly is, what she needs. Which is exactly what she needs. So Robin is coming home and she's going to be living with Ted, at least at the start of season six. And this is like just a huge, a huge wrap. Like we get this huge wrap up of Ted from Ted of the season and really like the series so far, right? Where I wrote in all caps, this is why I fucking love this show. Yeah. Like it just, and Carter and Bays and like how yeah. like you said they always bring us back around to like right yeah they they remind us of where we've been where we're going mm-hmm. and this is why it feels like a like a like a like a pre finale right where we get this whole wrap up of we see all the babies from season one oh Marshall and Lily were just dating and now they want to have a freaking baby crazy you know and Barney I mean Barney was like irredeemable. In season mm-hmm. one, right? And now he's fallen in love for real and just like let himself get into a rough patch and, you know, try to really learn how to love somebody for real instead of just faking it for his mom. Like he's come so far. And, and like, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I say, go and about Barney. I said, like, and yeah. like, I think like he just even just knows what love is because he he loves his friends too. Like the, 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 the gesture that he, you know, gave to Marshall and Lily of like pretending to be a doppelganger yeah. for them. Like that's, that's yeah, it's like his heart's, his heart's like cracked. His heart open. grew three sizes. Yes, three sizes since the since the pilot. And Ted, I mean, I was like, well, Ted's just basically where he was before, but he has been through so much emotionally. Yeah, you know, being left at the altar and then having all of his his like insecurities put on the fucking big screen and. You know, just everything, like with his career and, you know, trying to Mm -hmm. go out on his own and just like just constant humiliations over and over again. And so everybody has they've just packed so much life into the last five years that they might not even recognize themselves anymore and that they are the doppelgangers of themselves. I loved. I love it. Me too. And I and I think I when I first watched, I was like, oh god, that's corny, right? But as you get older, like I feel like the ages that they're at now, which is like your early 30s, right? Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. you really do change so much between your 20s and 30s. Like five years, like for me, it's like 10 years ago, I don't recognize myself. But in my 20s to 30s, like every few years you were like a different person, right? And so they just it's just wonderful to have this like 
this wrap up and and know that we're about to go into the era of this group of friends really being adults, right? Like yeah, yeah. dealing with oh. hard shit, not just like we're living in New York. Woo. It's like Yeah, this is like a turning point. Yeah. Huge, you're right. huge turning point. Ted inevitably has to get more serious about finding someone to settle down with because we've seen the dating Ted, right? So now mm-hmm. it's like, where do we go with Ted? And Robin has had her heart broken by Barney, but we kind of all expected that. This is like yeah. And even then, like, they were playing at vulnerable, her and Barney. It was like chicken, right? Mm-hmm. And this is – this was her – She's compl- fully committed. Just flayed open for this guy like she's never done. And what is that going to do to her? You know? So they're drinking. She's vulnerable. Ted is just at his best right now. He's philosophical and comforting and not cheesy. And mm-hmm. she's really feeling him. And they're about to dr- – they're about to kiss. So we think – Maybe season six, they get back together. Yeah. But by the grace of God. And that fucking hat gets in the way. that fucking hat getting in the way. Blonde Ted foils the kiss and they, you know, just dissolve into laughter instead of making a huge mistake. So. I I love how Ted says, I forgot I'm blonde. I have blonde hair. Yeah. It's just so silly and so real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we jump ahead four months later, and while walking into the bar one day, Lily goes, oh, my God. And she spots the fifth doppelganger, Barney. So she runs in to make sure it's him. And thankfully, he's there in person so she can really be sure yeah. that it is actually the fifth doppelganger. And so she brings everybody out onto the street. And Lily clearly has been doing some drugs because this looks nothing. <laughs> nothing. She's been doing the drugs of, I'm ready to have a baby. Yes, yes. And we get, uh, you know, one last telepathic conversation for this episode and this season. And Marshall's like, come on, guys, just go with it. And poor Barney has to be like, like looking in the mirror. Like it looks like a teenage boy, like adolescent almost. And it's just so not him. But like you said, that means she's ready. Like, so she is ready to have a baby. And so what a great way to end season five and get us really excited to be thinking about what's next for our friends. Yeah. And we get this message from future Ted. And I don't know something about this one and Bob Saget's voice, which just made me really like emotional. Mm. But when he says, you can ask for all the signs you want, but ultimately mm. we only see what we want to see when we're ready to see it. And I think that that – I mean, that's obviously Marshall and Lily, but it's about all of them and about – And us. And us and the and everybody and about everything that's coming in the show. So mm-hmm. it's just like a prophetic line that's a great way to wrap up season five. And then we have Larger Than Life by A Fine Frenzy, which I love that song so much. So good. So good. Wonderful episode. Beautiful season finale. What did you think, Caitlin? Just, I fucking love this show. Same. Same. It's just, I feel like, you know, I love the doppelganger is fun, like throughout whatever, whatever, but just like the underlying message of the, of the season, or sorry, the season of this episode of like, just like the growth, the friendship and just all of it is just, now they're adults. Yeah, oh, they're adults. 
Yeah, it's like they've all grown up. And that yeah. I think that's why it makes why it's great that Subway Wars is in season six, because now it feels like they're real adult New Yorkers too. Like they have done yeah. all of the first time New Yorker stuff. Like they've they've had all the experiences. And now it's like they're just they're like the seniors, right? Like they're just yeah, yeah. They've got all the experience and they're ready to like move into bigger ponds, which is exciting. So can't freaking wait. Can't uh, wait. And we will talk a lot more about season five next time on our mini sode for Patreon. So if you're not signed up yet, you're gonna want to be. Um, but let's get into these legendary moments because we got a lot of them. We got a lot of them. All right, let's see. Our first legendary moment is from Jeff. Jeff writes, hi, K&K. I hope you both are well. Work has been a bit of a bear, so I haven't been getting Legmo sent in. Mine for doppelgangers has to be Barney's characters and the lengths <laughs> he went through to duck out of work. Also, if you'll indulge me, I have thoughts on The Wedding Bride. It's my least favorite episode of Himyum for two reasons. One, it essentially destroys everything we know about Stella and mm-hmm. Tony since, except for Stella leaving Ted at the altar, they've never been cruel to Ted. To believe that Stella would condone, let alone contribute knowledge to the script, borders on the ludicrous. Thank you. I agree. Just like zero or false. It's just completely ridiculous. Um, number two. Uh, they didn't give the supremely talented and hilarious Judy Greer enough to work with. Judy is a great comedic actress and deserved better writing. Her memoir called I Don't Know Where You Know Me From is well worth a read. I had heard about that a few – I remember some podcast. Yeah, so she's on one of those that's like, oh, you're that – you're in that thing. Yeah, that, yeah. Where do I know you from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love um, it. Sorry for the mini rant, and I hope you and the rest of the HB fam have a great week. Best, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. That was an excellent mini rant. Okay, mm-hmm. next up is Adam, and Adam says, wow, what an episode. First off, I've never seen my doppelganger, but it'd be scary if I did. Oh, Caitlin, do you have a doppelganger? Have you? Has anyone ever told you you look exactly like someone else? Or see, have, have you seen one in public? Two, like, so, yes and no. Like, when I was in at college, mm-hmm. you or I, my freshman year, my friend Dan had told me there was a class um, he had with a girl who reminded him of me, but not so much the way we looked. He said it was more like mannerisms. Hmm. But there was a picture I had gotten, you know, I'm a speech bath. So our, or maybe it was this, the teacher's union uh, like flyer. I don't know. But there was a picture of a woman and I looked at it upside down and I had like gaslit myself into <laughs> thinking it was me. And I was just like, that's, I was like, that that's not me. <laughs> No, that's not that's not me. But um no. That's it. Oh my god. Yeah. I hear all the time that I look like someone else. Everyone's like, you look like my cousin, oh. you look like my friend. They just just like people that other people know. And it's gotten worse now that I have like a, a little bit of a following online. They're like, Were you in Texas today? Were you in fucking Iowa? No, and I'm like, no, it. bitch, I was not any of those places. Just another chubby girl with glasses. That's fine. Um, but my real doppelganger is Melissa McCarthy. We all know that, and that's fine. Of course. Of course. Anyway, uh, first off, I've never a little while out here to said that. Uh, but what an emotional roller coaster i love that he the made they made a big leap with robin's character mm-hmm. to make her choose love mm-hmm. over her career yes we love character growth uh ted goes blonde and looks fantastic i wish i looked that good when i went blonde never again Ooh, 
Marshall and Lily officially trying to have kids. My legendary moment has got to be when Don tells Robin about his big break and chooses the career. It's definitely a stab to Robin, and I completely get how she feels. I was dating a girl who was becoming a nurse, and we were clicking just like Robin and Don, but she got caught her big break and got an offer to go to California. She chose her dream job over me. Oh. But it strengthened me from the experience. I wouldn't change a thing because I know I would eventually find my yellow umbrella wife and be forever happy. Oh, that's very sweet, Adam. I hope you ladies had a great live view of this, but I was enjoying the mountains of Tennessee with my wife. That sounds amazing, Adam. Uh, I'll see you next session when it's going to be legend. Wait for it. Your friend, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. All right. Next up, we have Claire, and she sent in a voicemail. Hey, girls. Um, Sorry I missed the cast, but I'm just wanting to give you my legmo from Doppelganger. Um, In honorable mention space, I'm going to have to give Barney's brown sideburns I mentioned after he pulled the wig off and the sideburns stay there that was just weird and fun <laughs> um Monty and Moo awesome I loved we're not looking for grey area here um <laughs> the next thing is everything telepathic and everything about Ted going blonde was <clears throat> hilarious but my actual favourite thing about this whole episode is the song Life Size at the end of it. That was mm. just magic and I have downloaded it years ago and I've been listening to it for years. So that's my thing. Um, love to you from Australia. Bye. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. Yay. So, guys, we have a really easy way to, like, put in voicemails now so if you want to send one in we highly recommend it because that was super fun and easy thank you so much claire highly agree i love that song so much i mean it it doesn't belong to anything but this season finale right like i hear it and i can see like the overhead shot of them Mm -hmm. on the sidewalk and all that so thank you so much claire so good so good All right, Kalpesh writes, hey, hello, girls. It's not my favorite season finale. (laughs) Again, another episode saved by NPH and his excellent comedic timing. And yet my ledge mo is all the jokes that the game made on Blonde Ted. I can't wait for my favorite season six. Ooh. Or my favorite season, season six, recap to start. Take care. Love, Kalpesh. Thanks, Kalpesh. Thank you. All right, next up is Chris C. And Chris says, pretty solid ending to a very up and down season. A lot of cute and funny moments in this one, but the legendary moment is very easy for this one. The end of Don and his stupid douchey face. Amen. He showed us what a jackass he was when he first started. I never bought him as a nice guy, and I'm glad he is leaving as a jackass. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Amen. A fucking man. Well well said, Chris. Well put. Yeah. Helena says, hey, ladies, love the live watch for this episode. Thanks so much for hosting. My legendary moment for this episode is probably a tie between two Barney moments. The first is when we see he's not a doppelganger in the cab. Chicks do not want to bang cab drivers. 
And do you ever read my blog? It's gotten a lot better. <laughs> and then his blonde jokes about Ted are so good. All the blonde jokes from everyone are hilarious, and it really cuts the seriousness of the main plot lines. That's a really good point, yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like I said in the stream, the show just keeps getting better and better for me from here on out. I'm so excited to see how things go from here and see what fun stuff you guys have in store for the podcast. Love y'all. Helena. Thanks, Helena. Yeah, All right, next you. up is Lisa, and Lisa says, Hi, ladies. This episode is so great. We are just getting off the live stream party, and I had a blast watching it with the HB fam. Yay, Lisa. As I previously mentioned, my legendary moment is Blonde Ted. All of the jokes are incredible. The wig <laughs> is so awful that it's great, and it provides so much needed relief from the rest of the seriousness this episode presents. Amen. I cannot wait for season six. Have a great week, Lisa. P.S. I hate Don. We don't want him in Chicago. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. No, we do not. Ooh, small issue. Oh, do you want me to get it? Yeah, there's um yeah. let me go into the next one. Yeah, go ahead and I'll get this one. Okay. So next is Rebecca. Rebecca writes, My legendary moment for doppelgangers is when Barney dressed up as the knife juggler realizes that Estonia will mark off the Baltics on his map. <laughs> then the woman eats a sword, causing Barney to fall over. I also enjoyed Lily telling Marshall to put a ba baby in her belly. Some people liked it. Some people liked it. I know, I know. It. This is a good finale episode with many plot points leading into season six. Ted, Robin and Ted potentially being revisited and then the Lily Marshall baby. Looking forward to rewatching season six now as I am a Patreon. Yay. Rebecca from the UK. Yay. Thank Thanks, Rebecca. Rebecca. Okay, next up is Tish. And Tish says, hey, K&K, I was trying to join the cast party, but we had some family things come up. No, worry, no worries, Tish. There were some other technical issues as well. So it's fine. We will see you for Subway Wars. Uh, anyway, I can't believe we're at the end of season five. Season five and six have some of my favorite episodes. And Tish, I have to say, you have been here from the jump so i know shout out to tish a lot of you have been we love you so much tish has been like a regular legendary moment staple mm -hmm. um and she's been on the live watches and and she interacts on twitter she's like she's great we love her so much we love you all so much but tish yeah we love you all so much you're thank you we appreciate um, longevity too. Yeah, for real. Season five and six have some of my favorite episodes. I know it's cliche, but my legendary moment has to go to the moment when Lily sees the hot dog vendor as Barney because she's finally ready. What a sweet moment. The song Life Size at the end of the episode was awesome too. Here's to season six. Yay. Thank you, Tish. Yay. All right, let's see. Next is Rick. And Rick writes, hi, ladies. My ledge mode for this one is Blonde Ted, hands down. Blonde <laughs> Ted is a look. And the telepathic conversation to convince him to do it is one of my favorite moments so in the series. Good. So good. I wonder what Josh Radner thought about going blonde. Also, regarding How I Met Your Father, the big reveal in the season finale gives me hope that the show will find its stride in the second season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. excited for, for season two. And we will be back with our Patreon special recaps whenever it comes back. It'll probably be, you know, spring next year or whenever it was this year. So uh, mm. we can't wait. We're excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. And, okay, next up is Ronnie. And Ronnie says, you both are awesome. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you, Ronnie. I, I started listening recently after introducing my partner to Him Yim with a full nine-season watch. And that's the way you do it. That's the way you do it. If they don't want to watch Him Yim with you, there's a problem. Red flag. Red flag. It's a favorite of mine, but somehow I've managed to find a lot of people in my life who don't enjoy it. Pfft, haters. 
Thank you for existing. I can now enjoy my personal hymn fanaticism with you guys through earbuds or car speakers. I am sad to have missed live listens of everything up to this point, but bring on the rest from here. It is on. It is on like the former Soviet Republic of Azerbaijan. <laughs> Thanks for reading and keeping up the legendary work. Well, Here's my legendary moment for doppelgangers. I hope it's not too late and ready for your raspberry slash fart noise. <laughs> You know us well. Uh, well, let me tell you, I just figured out how to do sound bites. I'm going to be loading all kinds of shit in for season six. I just Ooh, anyway, I'm excited. I know. Me too. <laughs> okay. So Ted going blonde. I mean, that's a very popular one. It's a great yeah. one. It makes him a literal doppelganger. And because oh, that's so true. Good call. Whoa. And because it's a C storyline, it makes him a figurative one, too. In previous season finales, Ted has made it rain and got the girl, spent his best friend's wedding reception trying not to reveal huge news about him and Robin, got hit by a car and proposed to Stella, wrestled a goat, and made the leap. In this one, he's easily manipulated by his friends to go blonde, and he says yes <laughs> to letting Robin move in. Ted is five years into the story and, with all of his baggage, is quickly becoming someone who should become more cynical and less romantic. In real time, no one knew when CBS was going to let Himium end. I think this was a meta commentary on how Ted was a fundamentally changing, fundamentally changing from a lovelorn character Carter and Craig created. Interesting. Hmm. And he was becoming something unrecognizable from the guy they pictured in the finale. If the meta commentary about how the entertainment industry was literally taking control of Ted's story in The Wedding Bride wasn't enough. Amen. Uh, yeah, that was just like a total drag, right? Anyway, yeah. on to season six. All I have to say is no spoilers, but I'm not ready for this. Just going to let wow. that one hang. God damn, Ronnie. Ouch, mommy. One of the kids at school, he called like his teacher, like he just called everyone's mommy. Oh. And like he, he got like something happened and he was just like, ouch, mommy. So now everything's ouch, mommy. Oh. Damn, Ronnie, uh, you really hurt our feelings with oh, that one. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, God. You didn't even get any fart noises from us. and None of it was fart-worthy. No. None of it was fart-worthy. No. Tell me you love zoo or false and you'll get a fart noise. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, last anyway, but not least, Caitlin. Avner. Hi there, Kays. Crossing my fingers, I didn't miss this pod recording. This week's episodes had it all. Laughs, emotion, a great message, and the special legendary spice only Himyam has. Gotta give the Legmo common denominator to Robin. Every scene and storyline got incomparably better with her in it. The blonde Ted pulling it off big time storyline, the doppelganger storyline, and the way she makes you get all the feels when Don literally chooses not to make the same sacrifice for their relationship that she did choose to make. Fuck you, That's Don. He didn't right. write that. I said that. Um, you, chills. Literal chills. Have you ever had uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine crossover mode? Have you ever had a kind of Robin blonde Ted moment in which you were about to do something you would have really regretted, but an esoteric... Big word, detail, like Ted being blonde, luckily stopped you in the last minute. Can't hmm. wait to hear your thoughts, Avner. Hmm. I'm I, like drunk a million times, I'm sure, that like something dumb was about to happen and then. I don't know. I'm like a host. So I feel started. like I would just go for it. <laughs> well, the, the times I'm thinking of, I should have gone for it. But I was like, I'm in a relationship. But I was being cheated on left and right. So, oh, Yeah. Fuck Don. Fuck everybody. Well, fuck um, Caitlin, what's, fuck you, what's your legendary moment? Thank you, everyone, for writing in. Um, it's, it was great to hear all of your thoughts. I'm now interested in my my BFF's um, thoughts on, on this episode specifically. 
Uh, I loved um just really like the whole end of the of this episode. I was like I loved Robin and Ted. I loved Ted's like reflection on the past five years for mm. them together. I loved um Marshall and um Lily like being ready on the same page about having that baby. I loved how I guess then it's like kind of like the whole episode maybe. Yeah. Um just like the growth of the characters and being able to be on the journey with them the last five seasons has been oh that's really and with you bitch and with you bitch oh girl we've been through so much in the last five (sighs) years like so fucking much can you fucking believe it no um for me it's it's a tie between the doppelgangers arc and trope that sort of brought everything full circle and gave us a like a a first half season finale Mm -hmm. i loved that uh and also Robin's insane character growth this episode specifically of really just putting herself out there for love and taking the chance of getting completely crushed, which sadly she does. But I mean, really, there's a first time for everything. So I got to give it to her because she needed. Yeah, she needed to budge, you know, like there needed to be that kind of that kind of emotional growth for her. And it was just done so well. So. Yeah. And she looked beautiful. So even no like notes. crying. And like- I know. She looks really pretty when she cries. Mm-hmm. No notes, Carter and Craig. No notes. Congratulations. You wrote a, a wonderful, well done. perfect episode. Well done. Well done. You should do more of this. You should like write episodes more often. I don't know if that's I- something you like to do, but TV might be might be your lane. Um I so anyway, we've got a real future there. You really might. You really might have a future. Be more close. Explore it in the in the silver screen. Um, thank you everybody for listening. We will see you next time for our season five wrap up. If you're a Patreon member, or for big days, the season six kickoff for everybody else. Uh, either way, we can't wait to talk about it. Send your legendary moments for season six to HeyBeautifulPodcast at gmail.com obviously put your put the title of the episode right in the in the subject line so i don't lose it thanks as always to rachel's cookies and treats for being our sponsor if you love this recap make sure you leave us a review make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen so you never miss a recap and we hope you'll come back next season because it's going to be legend wait for it This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All.